BBC. Three minutes after 12 is the time. You are indeed listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where Mystery Hour is about to commence. Actually, technically speaking, it's already commenced. It's, it's now underway, so if you know what's going on and you know what to do, do it now. Book your place on the board. If you don't, then just bear with me for a moment, because this is unlike any other hour of radio you've ever encountered. This, for example, is an hour of radio that comes with cast-iron guarantees. Oh, yes! You will know more by one o'clock today than you do now, if you stay tuned to... LBC, you will have more knowledge by one o'clock today than you have now. Don't get that listening to records. I can't guarantee that the knowledge will be of any use to you whatsoever, or you'll even be grateful for it, but there will definitely be more of it in terms of quantity, possibly quality, but definitely quantity. I'm also minded to, uh, to reactivate the laughter guarantee. You will also, I, and otherwise I'll provide you with a full refund of your time, you will have at least one laugh-out-loud moment in the course of the next 50-odd minutes, in the course of Mystery Hour. But what is it, James? Well, I'll tell you. It is your weekly opportunity to achieve the sort of knowledge, the sort of enlightenment, the sort of uh, satisfaction that is not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial. In other words, it is the radio equivalent of those newspaper and magazine columns where someone writes in with a question and then several years later they hopefully get an answer here you get instant gratification seriously instant satisfaction you get the answer before one o'clock before the hour is up of course in order to get an answer you first of all have to submit a question you do that in the traditional manner by dialing 0345 hold your horses though there are two rules the first rule is never be dull don't be boring if you're thinking of asking a question and in all honesty you don't think anyone else except you will be interested in the answer then keep your hands in your pockets and stay away from your phone similarly if you i know you can't check this but you could try there is a wonderful archive at lbc.co.uk if you're asking a question that we've dealt with before then we will if we can remember dealing with it politely invite you to move along you're not allowed, if you're thinking of answering a question, to look anything up. This is why Mystery App became a thing, actually. Oddly, relevant to the conversation we're having in the last hour about technological developments and Tinternet and what, is the simple fact that we don't know stuff anymore. You know, you're doing your homework with your kids. You don't know stuff. It's so satisfying when you pull stuff out of your memory banks rather than just Googling it or, or, or looking it up. So this is a celebration of knowledge. And because knowledge is universal, it doesn't matter where your knowledge came from. When you provide your answer, I'll ask you to... Um, uh, share your qualifications but all i mean by that is how do you know the thing that you know uh, you don't have to tell me i've got a phd in astrophysics or uh, you know bag of gymnastics award three could never do the cartwheel uh, you just need to tell me where you picked it up so it could be anything from oh well i do have a phd in astrophysics james or it could be i saw it on telly last night it's just where you got the knowledge you're not allowed to look stuff up you're not allowed to be boring yeah i know a little bit hypocritical and you are not allowed to well, I kind of clog up the switchboard with questions that are never going to get on air. Those are the only rules, okay? Are we good? Are we ready? You good? I'm good? You good? We're good? Oh, three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need. Let's start in Peckham. Bill's there. Bill, question or answer? Uh, question. Carry on, Bill. Uh, why is it traditionally we always wear black at funerals and we obviously have black hearse? As opposed to, uh, yeah, I mean, the colour of mourning. But, but why does it have to be black? Dark, we associate it with darkness, the end of the day. I, so I, but I don't know for sure. How long have you been wondering about that? Well, <laughs> the last ten minutes. Is that just <laughs> <laughs> it's a mystery hour special. It's not something that's been keeping you awake at night for the last ten years. Uh, no, not, not really. It's a nice really. question, though. Why do we wear... Why, why, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of obvious, but we don't know the definitive answer, so it's definitely worth leaving on the board. I'll do that. 
Why do we wear black at funerals? Why, why, why the hearses are black is almost certainly the same answer. It's the association of the colour black with, uh, and also on those massive cars. You, you very rarely see them any other colour. David is in Lewisham. David, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Carry on, mate. Uh, what's, what's happening when I rub my two bob on a pay machine? You haven't checked the archive, have you? Really? You haven't checked. We've done it. Well, why did I get through, James? I don't know. Maybe this is this is the point I'm subtly. I, this is the point I'm subtly making, David. Is I don't know why you got through, but I didn't want to spell it out like that for fear of embarrassing an esteemed colleague. So, can I have that as a second question? What you mean is why, when I've rubbed a, a coin on a steel surface, right, does it seem to work yeah. when it didn't work before? Yeah. I can't remember the answer, which means I have to leave the question on the board. But I'm ninety nine percent. Yeah. Well, yeah, because if I can't remember the answer, how can I prove that we've answered it in the past? Exactly. <sighs> Crack on. Yeah, I will. Cheers. Still writing the scripts for me now. Martin's on Fenchurch Street. Martin, question or answer? It's a question, James. Carry on. Uh, where does the saying digs come from, i.e. When, when my dad was younger and he moved to London from up north, he used to say I stayed in digs. I was just wondering where, where the saying comes from. I like that. I'm doing that thing I sometimes do, Martin, where I'm pausing in the hope that an answer will appear fully formed in my mind. But I, I'm not going to lie to you. At the moment, there's, I've got nothing. Digs. Latin, dig, dig, digs, infra, dig, dig. You don't hear it. Any, people don't mention it anymore. It seems to be um, something that people used to say. Well, you don't know anybody who lives in digs, though. No. Because digs were temporary accommodation, weren't they? It was like you'd, you'd, you'd stay in digs yeah. if you moved for work, but it wouldn't be home. It'd be digs. Exactly, yeah. But I was just wondering where, how, why it was called digs. No, I know you are. You've said that already. I'm just wobbling and burbling in the hope of an answer appearing in my mind while you're still on the line, Martin. You don't need to repeat yourself. Digs. It's not, it's not happening for me. Origin of the phrase digs as a, as a reference to a temporary abode, temporary place of, of, of repose. Ten minutes after 12 is the time. So any of those now, so if you're new to this, you see how it works. Why black at funerals? You, you might think, uh, but actually I want to know the proper answer. I bet it only began with Victorians. I bet it was a relatively recent development. The Victorians in this country uh, completely defined our attitude to death, for, for better or for ill. Uh, the rubbing of the coins on the vending machines is... Yeah, all right. I, I think we've been there before, but obviously if you don't know the answer to it, and I can't remember the answer, it's worth finding out what it is. And digs. I love that. Digs. Why digs for, for, for the place where you're staying? I think we're doing, by the way, two for the price of one this week on Mystery Hour, because it's our big Globals Make Some Noise Day tomorrow, and, and last year it coincided with Mystery Hour, so I charged you for the privilege of asking a question. I'm going to do that again tomorrow. We're going to raise a bunch of money for Globals Make Some Noise, but today you can get your question in for free, so if you're really tight, then don't hesitate to ring in today instead of tomorrow. Tony is in Gillingham. Tony, question or answer? It's a question, please, James. Yes. I was out walking yesterday, I saw a dog, it was a terrier, it was absolutely jet black, but except for one part of its face, which was a perfect Phantom of the Opera sort of white. Oh, yes. Uh, we've got a cat that's got, uh, that's black and white, but the paws are all white and the tip of the tail. Nearly every animal you see, cat and dog, the colours are in specific places, like often around the eyes of terriers, you know, like bullseye from... from Oliver, and yeah. I wondered if there was a specific reason, genetically, why, why the colours sort of went in one place rather than, say, that dog yesterday, why he didn't have white spots, but it was just exactly in that part of his face. And it always seems to be the paws and the tail or the chest that gets a little bit of white. Well, it would be common ancestor, won't it? Or am I saying... I'm 
Oh yeah, but it, it's obviously been perhaps as a black and white cat. Say they went together, but why? Why does it always seem to be the paws and the tail? Why doesn't the colour just go all over like in a human? The pigmentation is roughly equal, isn't it? You, ne- you never see a cat that looks like a Frisian cow. That's what you're telling us. Basically, yeah. You do see the old one. But usually we had it. We had a next door's cat was called Snow Boots when I was a kid because it had little white booties. That's what you're talking exactly. about, isn't it? But it always seems to be the paws. Why isn't it? The I need. I need to get the question, and we need to zone in on the question tone. We need to get yeah. a little bit more kind of QI and a little bit less tiswas. All right. Okay. So what do we say? Why, when animal pigmentation or fur pigmentation? What? Why do? Yeah. Why does? Why do color variations seem seem confined to? paws and and faces very very exactly that yeah but specifically with this dog it really well i can't ask a question specifically about a dog you saw in the park yesterday can i no but what i'm saying is it was so exact it almost looked like it'd been painted on i thought well why isn't it on his back or on his legs or on his tail just that bit of white just there and i say always seems to be paws hence a lot of Cats have got names about boots and paws and things. Yes, like yeah. Socks in the White House. Snow boots, socks. Do you want to know something? You've got oh, a I fan. Don't. You've got a fan. Barthes just tweeted to say, Oh my God, this question right now is the one I've wanted to ask for ages. Do you know, James, I was dying to look it up on the internet and I waited until today. I really want to know. I've thought about it for ages because our cat's black and white, but she's so differently coloured in terms of where the black and white is, to the neighbour's cat. Pressure's it's on. It's just strange. Pressure's on now. Pressure's <laughs> on now. Tony, Tony phoned us instead of looking it up on the internet, so we're going to we're gonna have to get him an answer. Going <laughs> to have to play it. Tony, I'll see what I can do. Why, why, the pause. Is there a, ge- a genetic explanation for why the, 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 the different colours on a cat or a dog seem to be confined so often to the same parts of the body, namely the paws and the face? If you know the answer to that, 0345 6060973. Ross is in Walthamstow. Ross, question or answer? Please, James. Turn your radio off, Ross. Um, I'm sorry, mate. One second. What have you got? Um, it's the answer to um, the coin up the side of the machine. Yep. It's there's nothing about it. It's all in your mind. You're it's right. It's just nonsense. It's law of averages, isn't it? So, so you give it. You, you, I remembered as soon as I put the phone down on the fellow that asked the question. It's, he thinks it works, but it doesn't. No, seven times out of ten it won't. Three times you scratch it, it might. But that's just, as you say, laws of average, mate. It's going to happen sooner or later. Qualifications? Oh, I heard it on the radio. I bet you heard it here, did you? I did. I was going to say you're wearing trainers, because when you kick yourself, you don't want it to hurt that much. Yeah, all right, mate. It's not my fault that you, yeah. you got put through. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in charge of banter. I'm in charge of banter and genius. I'm not in charge of top-to-call selection. <laughs> that's Caroline's job. <laughs> And she is wearing oh, trainers. Thank you very much, Caroline, for getting me through. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, right, it's not the flipping Oscars, mate. Give him a round of applause. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I'd like to thank my mother, I'd like to thank my publicist, I'd like to thank my agent, and I'd like to thank my, uh, my travel correspondent. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. The time now is 12.15. LBC. Man, on LBC. 90 minutes after 12 is the time, and you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Some nice questions and some slightly sillier ones. Why, 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 why does black automatically get associated with funerals? I think Sikhs have white funerals. I think Sikhs wear white at funerals. I could have got that wrong. Forgive me if I have. Uh, the rubbing coin question is simply not true, although it seems like it's true, because your coin goes in a machine, it doesn't work. You give it a rub, it does work. But if you didn't give it a rub and you put it back in, it would have worked. It's law of averages. So it's confusing, that, isn't it? I love stuff like that. It's like that old story about the Scottish doctor who could predict whether you were going to have a boy or a girl, and he never got busted for being a charlatan because he wrote down the opposite of what it... That's brilliant, this. 
every time I'm about to tell you about this, I forget how it actually worked, and I've just remembered. And if I tell you really quickly, I might remember to the end of the story, otherwise it might disappear before I get there. So there's this doctor in Scotland, right, and he's got a reputation for being able to predict what gender of baby you're going to have just by putting his hand on your tummy while you're pregnant. So he does it. And then he writes down in his book a record of what he's done, and, and, and you can't fake it, because the book, obviously, the people that come after you, you don't give birth for months until after you've done it. But he always writes down the opposite of what he actually told you. So you come to see me, I put my hand on your tummy, I tell you you're going to have a boy, you go away, I write down, Doris uh, and John Smith will have a girl. And you go away, you have a girl, and you think, oh, that's outrageous, he told us I was going to have a boy. So you go back to the doctor. So, right, I want a refund. Right, come on, get your... And he gets his records out, and he says, there you go, you, I said you're going to have a girl. You must, have, you must have misremembered. And they go, like, oh, that's very strange. I'm sure he said boy. Of course, if you did have a boy, you'd never go back and see that he'd actually written down girl. Genius. Absolute genius. If you want to set yourself up doing that sort of fraud, I'll take 15%. June is in Orpington. Back to mystery, our June. Question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Oh, yeah. Um, wearing black. Um, you said you thought it probably went back to Victorian times. Yes. Close. It goes back to the Roman Empire. Oh, get you. Are you sure? Um, really? <laughs> where they used to wear something called a toga puller or a toga puller, um, which was a dark coloured toga, toga. Um, to show they were in mourning. Oh, now, really? Yeah. Um, as, as a little aside, purple is half mourning, so back in Victorian days when you used to be expected to wear mourning for a set amount of time, once you went into half mourning, you could wear purple. But you're also white, right about white because um, Africa and Asian cultures mainly wear white for funerals. Um, and I think the reason we do black and they do white is because our roads were muddy and theirs were sandy, so our whites would have got dirty. So could, I think it's kind of... I love the thought you've given this. That's a really lovely theory. Yeah, it was my grandma who said, yes, well, we wear black because it doesn't get dirty as yeah. quickly. <laughs> and, and, and the tradition of, of why, it, now we just wear it for the funeral, but back in the day, the widow would wear black for, for, for some weeks after the event. Even, I mean, in the case of Queen Victoria, didn't she wear black forever after Albert died? Yeah, in Victorian days, the higher up in social standing you were, the longer you were expected to wear black. Uh, for nobility, it was four years. And I, I, the, original year. que the original questioner would come back and say, that's not what I asked. I asked why black, not when black. You've given us when black. He wanted why black. But the answer to that is bound to be associated with the end of the day and the, and the, and the night time coming in. Um, no, it, it, it's... It, um, according to my grandmother, it was associated purely with the fact that white, lighter colours were harder to keep clean, and in times of mourning, you weren't supposed to do much. And as I said, with the dirty roads... Well, the Romans had slaves to do all that malarkey. They wouldn't have had to do their own toga washing. Um, somebody would have had to have done it, and they would have been busy doing other things. You're I'm going to give you a round... Go, 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 what's the phrase? Qualifications, grandmother's knee. No, qualification, when my husband's niece retired and started working part-time as an undertaker's, I was quite curious and looked it all up. I love it. Did you hear Rita in Bexley last Friday? No, last Friday I was uh, a little bit too busy to listen, unfortunately. What? No, no. last last week I, my mum's care alarm went off in the middle of the night, so I was tied up oh, most of the day with sorting well, I can't do any comedy banter now, can I, June? I can't tell you that I need a letter off your mum, can I, to, to explain why you weren't here? Because you've just explained why you weren't here. You've ruined no, my chance to do... The went because she'd rolled on it. No. <laughs> <laughs> covering a lot of ground here <laughs> Rita in Bexley told us on Friday the show you missed because you were looking after your mum but there are podcasts available actually I would remind you that there's a public convenience near her that's been turned into an undertaker's 
It's a growing business. It People clearly is. still die. And, uh, they do, but uh, public convenience, I thought, was a particularly interesting change of premises use. June, this is for you. And I, I, of course, missed the opportunity on Friday because I only saw the tweet a couple of minutes after Rita had gone by to, to point out, as my friend Scott did, the rest in pee joke that was just begging to be told. Liz is in Stoke-on-Trent. Liz, question or answer? Hello, James. Hello, Liz. I'm on your programme! <laughs> <laughs> it's taken me years! You're here, you're here now! Uh, frankly, yeah. it's been worth the wait from my end, Liz. Oh, God. Um... My question, excuse me, James, is what is the um, recording system that is used in court where you see a, a lady sitting on her own with a tiny <coughs> machine, excuse me, because it isn't, it isn't shorthand. It's stenography, it's isn't it? Stenography. Yeah, but, what, but, but she keeps, she keeps up word for word exactly in time. So what is actually, actually being recorded? I mean, what, 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 what is the system I like that it. allows you to keep verbatim, keep up verbatim? I don't, what I don't have a clue. I don't have a, the first, I, I imagine it's like a shorthand typewriter, but that's certainly not going to be an acceptable answer for, for, for someone as, uh, as exacting and demanding as you, Liz, is it? Well, the, the, the key, there's only a, a, a few keys on there. It's not Pittman shorthand, because I do Pittman shorthand. And the... I, I meant shorthand as a generic term, because they're clearly not yes. typing out the whole words, and yet they're typing no, no. down enough to get a verbatim account of what has been said in court. That's right, and there's only a few keys. So I, I just wondered, I've always wondered, every time it's on a film or, you know, um, what exactly are the, 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 the symbols? We need... So, an actual stenographer to ring in. That's all we're going to accept, isn't it? I'll leave it with you then. All right, I'll see what I can do, Liz. You know how it works. If, if we build it, they will come. So stenographers of the world, please. Wait until there's a phone line free. As soon as I bid farewell to Liz... Oh, it's gone already. Richard's in Ayrshire. Richard, oh, crikey, moving up and down the country. Gay abandon, I love it. Question or answer, Richard? It's an answer, James. Bring it on, sir. Digs is the it was lodgings and boarding houses for the guys that were building the canals in the Midlands. You get two words, you get navigational diggers, so you end up with navvies and digs. Oh, you're good. Oh, I love that. I'll never forget that as well. Often I forget the answers, but the fact that you've tied navvy to digs and navigational diggers, usually Irish, of course, is is is, is yeah, it works like a sort of uh, aid memoir now. So I'll associate the two, and I'll never forget it. So. The navigational diggers, the navvies was the name given to the people, and the digs was the name given to where they stayed. Are we 100% sure yeah. about this? Well, it's not, it was in the book that I read it in, yes. So what was the what, qualifications you read it in a book? Can you remember which book? Oh, years ago, mate. That'll Donkeys. do. No, I love it. It makes sense as well. A lot of people... Actually, hang on, before we play the round of applause, a lot of people suggested soldiers digging out trenches, but that's quite a short period of history where soldiers would dig out trenches. Well, as far as I'm aware, it was the canals in the no, Midlands. It was. it was. Not just in the Midlands. But no, anyway, but you've got... The majority of them were. You've got a round of applause. Great work. First time, yes! Get in! Come on! Unfortunately, it's downhill all the way now for the rest of the week. Thank you, Richard. Marie is in Castleford. Marie, question or answer? Hello, good afternoon. Hello. Um, it's a question, please. Yes. I just wondered, it's yes. something I've often wondered. We love Disney. We and do. Walt Disney have never, ever built a Disney World in, in England. And why? Because in the United Kingdom, we all go all over the world. So they have one in China, they have one in Japan, and they have 
them in America and obviously Europe, but we are the, probably the ones that would be the ones that would have to travel everywhere to one. Why have Disney never, never built a theme park in, in, in the United Kingdom? In England, yeah. Well, UK, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a proper mystery, in the sense that there'd be, be an actual answer to it. The only answer you're going to get is because they didn't want to. They looked, I think, when they built Euro Disney, they looked, they considered a few sites in Europe, and, and we were among yeah. them. But we've already got Alton Towers, Blackpool Preza Beach, Thorpe Park, West Midland Safari Park, uh, no, Gulliver's it Kingdom. Like what? Nobody does it like Disney. You know, Disney's just Disney. It's like... You know, that's why we travel all this way to go. Well, I know that, Marie, <laughs> and you know that. But if you were thinking of building a Disneyland, you'd build it where you thought you'd get the most customers and also where the government gave you the best deal. And the French government oh, obviously well, rolled out the red carpet yeah. for Euro Disney, didn't they? Mm, that, that might be a good point. That's yeah. all it is, I think. I don't think yeah. there's any other reason oh, why we... thank you. You're very thank welcome. You. Are you happy you with that? Give yourself a... Yeah, I'm oh. really happy with that. Oh, it's good. puzzled me for quite a long time. Well, now we know. i thousands of pounds, so, yeah. Oh, good. That, that'll be do you know, it. Do, do you know, just on that point of digs... Yeah. I just wanted to say that still, we live in the north, and still on the east coast, so Scarborough, Whitby, Fyler... All of the accommodations would still be referred to as digs. The, 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 the miners used to always say that they were staying at digs, never at bed and breakfast, which they were. They always referred to them as digs. So do you think that's just coincidence? No, I think I think it's I think you're dead on the money. I think that the the, the phrase got moved on from the navigational yeah. diggers onto everybody whose whose job took them somewhere else. So the, I mean, when my dad was a journalist in that part of the world, oddly enough, and and. He uh, he would have said he had digs because it wasn't really home yeah. in the yeah, traditional sense. It now, yeah. Do you know my yeah. uncle? My uncle John had a cottage on the on the cliffs at Filey. I haven't heard anybody oh, mention really? Filey for about twenty five years. Really, it's still the same now. You would go back, and it's just still in time. It's beautiful. Well, I hope yeah. it's changed a bit. We used to have to put five pence pieces in the electricity meter to get the lights yeah, to come on. We've come on. We've come on a little bit, but you know <laughs> it's like here. We're still a bit behind the times. <laughs> <laughs> Not that far, but Marie. What a lovely call. Thanks ever so much. And of course, I get this. Everyone's a winner. Half past twelve is the time. Simon Conway has the headlines. Ministers have allowed fracking to go ahead at a Ryan on LBC. 33 minutes after 12 is the time you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. The questions on mystery are still in need of an answer. Are only, there's only two of them. We are doing well today. The, the distribution of colour on a cat, right? If you didn't hear the question, it's going to be quite hard for me to, 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 to reprise it. The, you know how cats often have the same distribution of colour? You'll see the paws or the face displaying the same patterns, usually with the black and white, but it happens elsewhere as well. So if you um, know the answer to that. Call me and tell me why. What is the reason for that? It's got to have something to do with common ancestors, but I want someone who sounds a bit cleverer than me to provide an answer. And similarly, how does stenography work? That question, it's a lovely question about, was it Liz in Stoke-on-Trent? The, uh, do you know, this is going to sound strange, but because I grew up with parents from Yorkshire, and because and I've worked for most of my life in London, one of the best things about LBC going national is hearing the different accents from the different parts of the country. It just, I've got such a, I've got a real anorak hobby with, 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 with accents. And hearing Marie in Castleford and Liz in Stoke-on-Trent, it just makes my day at work even more enjoyable than it usually is. But I want to know how stenographs work, stenography, how does it work? 0345 is the number you need. Before that, I've got some important 
business of which to remind you, um, namely, that we're giving you the chance to win an amazing trip for two to Washington, D.C. It's all part of Global's Make Some Noise, LBC's very own charity supporting projects across the U.K. which help young people and their families. You'll stay at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. It's a genuinely luxurious hotel, that. There's a $500 shopping spree included. That's at the Fashion Centre at Pentagon City, thanks to them. United Airlines, Big Bus Washington, D.C., and Bike and Roll, D.C. will also help turn this into a very special trip. And to support LBC's charity, Globals Make Some Noise, place your bid in this online auction. You can get all the uh, terms and conditions at lbc.co.uk. The auction closes at half past 12 this Friday afternoon. And listen, if, if you're feeling like a bargain rather than a, uh, a, 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 an act of pure charity, then that's, and, you, and you fancy a trip, just work out how much it would cost you to get two top flights to Washington, D.C., four nights at the, uh, um, at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel and see whether or not you're going to get a bargain by applying for this one um check the number of nights actually i haven't got that written down in front of me but it's worth doing the sums because at the moment it still seems quite a low figure to me or it was this morning before we came on air. i checked two things before we came on air clip from yesterday's show has it passed the two million mark yet yes and bids on the auction to washington dc does it still look like a bargain Yes, but I haven't checked since coming on air uh, 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 just shortly before 10 o'clock. So get over there now, lbc.co.uk. While you're on the website, um, you can also bid for the ultimate LBC experience. It's lovely, this. You can uh, Apparently, you'll join me for the last half hour of this show. No one's asked me about that, but I'd be delighted to see you here. You can try your hand at being a travel reporter. You can join Andrew Castle for brunch. Second prize, two brunches with Andrew. No, while enjoy breathtaking views of London from our rooftop terrace. All before enjoying afternoon tea with bubbles at the Modern Pantry. This is a really nice prize if you like LBC. If you despise us all, then you probably wouldn't want to bid for it. But you also get to wind down with an overnight stay in one of London's finest luxury hotels, the Courthouse Shoreditch Hotel. Bidding ends for that at 9.30 on Saturday morning while Andrew's here with you. So go to lbc.co.uk now where you'll also find the full terms and conditions. Back to mystery. Our Mark's in Romford. Mark, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer. Go on, then. It's about uh, Disney. Uh, Disney uh, done a survey in England, and they found that the, the only one site that they'd like to build something on was Rain and Marshes in Essex. Oh, really? And when they was, when they was doing the CTRL, the Channel Tunnel Rail Link, they was going to build a station there. Uh, for uh, Disney, for, uh, but then Disney pulled out because of how much money it would cost to firm up the marshland, uh, and they pulled out of it, so they scrapped building the train station there and just let it go straight through to St Pancras. Qualifications? I'm an engineer for uh, uh, on the railway. Love it. And that's that was the reason why. I don't know about the early bit. There might have been other sites in the country where they could have done it, but the one that they settled on turned out not to be viable. Yeah. Love it. Round of applause for Mark. That's like an extra bonus for Marie, because it didn't, it didn't make my answer wrong. I just said they decided to do it in France because France was more attractive for them. But there's some detail for, for Marie and Castleford. James is in Plymouth. James, question or answer? Hello, James. I've got a question. Carry on. Um... In life, in general, you can do most things left-handed. Uh, yeah, However, you, you can. You, well, you can't. You can't conduct an orchestra left-handed. And I was just wondering why. How do you know that? Because you can't. No, but how do you know? Where did you pick up that nugget of information? I like it. Because I've got a lot of friends who are Royal Marine musicians, and they tell me you can't conduct an orchestra left-handed. Are you sure it's not the first line to a joke that they haven't given you the punchline to yet? 
No, honestly, you can't. You, you Why can't, can't you conduct an orchestra left-handed? Bradum <laughs> tish. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, why wouldn't? Well, I, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you can do everything with your left hand that you can do with your right. Yeah. All right, matron, behave. You can do everything that you do with your right hand. You can do with your left hand, can't you? Yeah, maybe you can't. You, know, you can't play polo left-handed. Can you not? You can if you get a specially no. trained horse. Oh no, you can't because you'd be bumping into everybody. Or th- yeah. And can you just excuse me for a second? I'm going to do a little bit of conducting. Mark, 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 have we got any music? Just the Hallelujah Chorus or something like that. Just, just something I can conduct to, because otherwise it's going to look silly if I haven't got any music playing. And I'm just... <laughs> and again... Ah! It, it must be where the right angle is. <laughs> it's to do with where... The orchestra wouldn't know what was going on if you were left-handed, because they've, got, they've been taught to adapt their time signatures to the movements of the right hand, and the right angles would be in different places with the left hand. No, they wouldn't. All right then. No, no, they so comedy interlude, mate. Though, come on, give me some. Give me some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah, yeah give me some credit. We'll find well, out for you. Mates, mates, I asked them why not, and they say it drives the orchestra to do lally. But I don't, I don't get that. That's not an answer, is it? No, well, it does. It is an answer. I mean, it, obviously, but I can't work out why it would drive the orchestra to do lally. We'll find out for you. I like that. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number you need. Why can't you conduct an orchestra left-handed? You can make a list of other things you can't do left hand i didn't know about the playing polo thing either sam is in horndon on hill sam question or answer i've got an answer please james carry on sir uh it's about the the dogs and the cats why their why their tails and their ears and their paws often turn a different color to the rest of them they don't turn a different color they're that color when they're born oh no they're not yeah they are no because when they're puppies and kittens the extremities those bits are the bits that get colder um, and you were close when you said it was genetics. It's, it's epigenetics. It's how your genes in- oh, interact with the environment. To, I was about to argue with you, and then you used the word epigenetics, <laughs> which has really put me on the back foot. <laughs> <laughs> so when they get colder, the uh, the amount of blood that's there changes, and from that point on, when they're small, uh, the the fur is a different colour. Are you sure with your epigenetic? Yep. What are your qualifications? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did biochemistry for two years at university. But when Snow Boots was born, Snow Boots had Snow Boots. Uh, well... You can't, are you saying that Snow Boots was born mo- all one colour and it was only later in life that she developed her little white booties? I don't, I don't buy that. I, I don't know your cat, James. It wasn't my cat, it was next door's cat when I was a kid. Oh, uh, well... Well, I'd, I'd say probably yes. Do you know, Alan Jones is walking past the studio, and if anybody knows why you can't conduct an orchestra left-handed, it would be... Do you know why you can't conduct an orchestra left-handed, Alan? He does, he does know. But, well, you can't just mime at me. I can't, you can't get... Come in, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in. Get, get Alan in. Alan Jones, live, celebrity guest in the studio to tell us why. Because David Arnold has been on, on Twitter saying that he knows the answer. Can you let Alan in? Can we get, get him in quick? Here he is, he's coming. On that microphone there, just, just stay, excuse me, Sam, a minute. I'm just, I'm just doing a bit of banter with my chum, Ali Jones. All right. Hi. Hello, Ali. I was going for lunch. Actually, it's lovely. To, I know. I won't keep you for long. I just want you to tell me quickly why you can't conduct an orchestra left-handed. Why can't you? I've seen conductors. Conduct oh, this an is no good. This le- is not an answer to the question. Well, of course you can. If you can, you can you, if you can keep the beat with your left hand, you can conduct an orchestra with the left hand. That's what you? I thought. We need David Arnold to ring, and he's just tweeted saying that he knows the answer. So there must be an answer. You don't know because you're not a conductor. You're the person being conducted. Exactly, you're the one but being I've, conducted. I've been, I've been in a concert where a conductor has conducted me with just his left hand oh there you go then we need to go back to james in plymouth and tell us that his question is built on false premises <laughs> do you <laughs> like I a ra- you? can i give you a mystery a round of applause anyway yeah thanks even though you didn't get anything right oh. there you go give him a round of- 
Good work, Matty Jones. Can I go now? Yeah, you can go for your lunch now. Thanks very much. <laughs> Where's Sam gone? Where's the other fella gone? I hadn't even got to the bottom of his question or his answer on the epigenetics. David's in Brighton. Dave, no, D- Nick's in Crawley. Nick, question or answer? Question. What's the, what are the odds on Alid calling me into the Classic FM studio tomorrow as I walk past on my way to it? Pretty slim, he says. Pretty slim. Go on. What's your question, Nick? Just a quickie. Um, why motorcycles advertised on TV when cars are? How the hell did you get through with that question? Because I was watching this thing on TV. No, no, no. I don't mean that. I mean, how the hell did... did what, what were you thinking of? Who put him through? Well, I was just wondering about it. All right. But I just thought... There's nothing advertised on TV, like... Because it does, they don't... They, 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 they just... There weren't enough motorbikes sold in, in, in the country in a year to justify an, an advertising campaign on the telly. Yeah, but it's a big market. Well, it can't be as big as the car market, mate. Otherwise, they'd be advertising on the telly. Not as big as jelly beans. There's no reason except the economics of it. So why don't they advertise on the telly? The answer, actually, is because they don't advertise on the telly. The cost-benefit ratio of what they'd have to spend to, on advertising, and it'd have to be nice advertising. It couldn't be like the cheap adverts you get on Sky during the day for everything from sort of gold coins through to, to weird sort of flexi fabrics. It'd have to be really smart, like a car advert. It cost a flipping fortune to make car adverts. They've got the budgets of a Hollywood movie, most of them, and the, the, the return on that advert would not be justified by the amount of motorbikes you'd sell. Round of applause for me. Rum! Thank you. Back to Sam. Sorry, mate. Where were we? Hello. Yeah. I, got, I got distracted uh, by my celebrity friend, Alid Jones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so back to yeah, the extremities. So, yeah, it's just when they get cold, when they're kittens, it can't really be helped. There's nothing to do about it, but they, they just get cold and, uh, and the genes forever change in that particular region. All right, I'll give a round of applause, because uh, you'd studied it and you used the word epigenetics, but I still think Snowboots <laughs> was born with little white paws. Round- Here we are. Lewis is in Barnes. Is it Lewis or Lois? Lois. Lois. <laughs> Question or answer, Lois? Um, it's an answer, kind of, oh. to, the, um, to the why can't the conductor conduct with his left hand. Oh, yes. Um, so there are actually left-hand conductors out there shock horror right um it does drive the orchestra a bit potty because you, you were right though with the right angle was i so the way the, the way that orchestral musicians train is say you've got four beats in a bar yes if someone conducts with their right hand it's down for number one it's um across to the left for number two back to the right for number three and then diagonally up for beat number four ah uh, so yes if you have a left-hand conductor, it's being or it's thrown completely the opposite way to what you're used to. So it, it, it can be done, and because Alid's a singer, he wouldn't necessarily have been following it as you know. The orchestra is is more yeah focused it's on not, the. Con- when you're a singer, you tend to stand in different places as well, and you get a bit more eye contact That's with the conductor. Exactly what um, I was kind of alluding to. Because he'd be yeah, the star. So It'd be the poor schleps behind him having to keep yeah. up with the left-handed. <laughs> he, he's too busy being a superstar, giving it all the walking-in-the-air malarkey, <laughs> isn't he, to notice that the violinist behind him is in all sorts of trouble. Yep. So it's just the way, you know, when you've, when you've trained for God knows how many years... Um, <laughs> to do it one way. Used to this, you're used to this system, and then you get someone who does it in completely the opposite way. Um, 
yeah, it's kind of heads down, really. And, and, and very simply put, it'd be like driving on the other side of the road when you go on holiday. You can do it, but it, 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 it's hard, and you have to concentrate more, and it, it's a bit discombobulating, but times ten for, 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 for orchestral conducting. Yeah. Qualifications, Lois. Qualifications, please. Um, I play in London orchestras. And that, what's uh, what's so your I'm instrument? Classical, I'm a classical musician. I'm a bassoonist. I beg your pardon? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's it's the long thing that looks like a didgeridoo. I know. Wow. How, when did you take out the bassoon? Uh, when I was uh, quite late, actually, when I was fifteen. Good grief! My my youngest has just been given a trombone by Hounslow District Council, but it hasn't got a slider. You haven't got a spare sl- trombone slider lying oh, around, have my, you? My husband will do. He's a trombonist. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need a Ray Liotta moment here, please, Mark. I'm Ray Liotta, and you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. If you build it, they will come. That's just for you, Lois, but it comes with a round of applause as well. Great work. And you succeeded where Alan Jones failed. So kudos to Lois. It's 12.47 is the time. Tom Watts has the LBC travel news. Thanks, James. Good afternoon in West Sussex, the northbound BC. I'm sure that there will be more in the news at one o'clock and indeed after that on Sheila's show about the... Um, uh, UKIP MEP Stephen Wolfe, the leadership contender, reports that he, well, we know that he's in a serious condition and has been taken to hospital. It's slightly less clear what this altercation at a meeting of UKIP MEPs involved. Um, more on that as we discover it. Time now is 12.52. Back to Mystery Hour. So Alid was right, actually, wasn't he, when he said that he had had left-handed conductors, but it would also be sending the orchestra to Doolally. It took Lois and Barnes to nail that one. We still need a stenographer, and I think that Sam nailed the Cat's Paws ones as well, so it's looking good. Uh, let's go to Dwayne in Brent. Dwayne, question or answer? Hey, James, it's a question, please, mate. Go on, Dwayne. All right, so I was cooking the other day, and I dropped a, a knife, or I think it was a spoon, actually. And it made well, you, I, if you don't know the difference between a knife and a spoon, mate, I'm never coming around yeah, yours for dinner. Listen, <laughs> we use chopsticks, mate. Uh, you come round, um, so you, you're confusing me now, so... <laughs> you dropped a spoon! spoon, <laughs> and it made the fire change from blue to orange, and I want to know why. You mean the flame of the gas ring changed the from blue to orange? The flame changed from blue to orange, and I've, I tried dropping it and putting my hand in front of it, in front of it, thinking maybe it's in a pressure from the sound, but it still changed because of the sound. So I want to know why. Because of the sound? Y- yeah, I assume it's the sound and not the pressure of oh. the, 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 Was the sound this, itself. So- I just, I don't know. It just changed colour. And then when you took the spoon out of the flame, it went back to normal. No, I didn't even drop the spoon in the flame. I dropped the spoon on the side just a few inches away from the flame and change colour in time with the sound of the, the, the spoon falling or hitting the counter. Mate. Yep. Really? So you, Honestly, you, you think that dropping a spoon on. changed the colour of a flame? Turn the flame on. It'll be a blue flame. Drop a spoon or clap or tap or click your fingers not too far away. Well, and it but that'll be colour. a draft then. I thought it was the draft, but I put my hand between the flame. Well, not, you know, close enough to learn myself. I put my hand between the Tell you what, it's all going on around yours, isn't it, Dwayne, eh? Yeah, yeah, this is a draft, isn't it? <laughs> so I put my hand in between the flame, and then I put a, 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 a tray just to check, but it still changed colour. All right. 
I, I think it was a draft, and I, I'd be surprised if anybody gets in with an answer, but the more I condescend to a caller for having a really mm. stupid question, the more likely it becomes that I end up with egg on my face a few minutes later when it emerges that it was actually a really good question after all. I'm pretty confident that's not going to happen here, but not, not confident mm. enough to really come down on you. Oh, that's fair enough. I'll take that. I, I, I'm going to leave it where it is, but I, there's no way a sound affects a flat... No, I... I I, I couldn't imagine it myself, and I, I, sat, I sat there and I was thinking, well, what is it? And I put a tray between the, the spoon... Have you, ever bl- have you tried the, blowing on the flame? Yeah, when you blow the flame, you're, you're interacting with it. And it so goes the same like, colour, it goes orange again, right? It, it does, it goes orange. So that proves, it's the oxygen, it's the dry... All right, I'll, 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 yeah. I'll, it's on the board, Dwayne, that's the best I can do. Appreciate it. No, I appreciate your taking the time to ring in. 12.55. Uh, Adam is in Twickenham. Adam, question or answer? Answer, James. Go on. Uh, basically, it's the stenographer uh, in a court. Are you a stenographer? I'm not, no. Uh, uh, this my is partner's awkward. very knowledgeable, and uh, she was sitting with me, but she didn't want to ring up herself, and I craved a round of applause. So well, let's not jump the gun here. Go on, tell me how it works. Um, basically, it's like a change typewriter where obviously your combination of keys make a word a phrase or a saying or something like that so obviously when they're typing then they, they can do a, a more more words per minute so they can do up to like 200 a minute yeah i, I just i had a horrible feeling this was going to happen i know what a stenog i know what stenography is and what a stenographer does but i need the details of what is on the keys well like i say if you press for example if you press three keys it would do a word rather than rather than having to type out a word so a combination of keys will do words. So obviously they're typing so, away, generating more words quickly. Your partner obviously knows more about it than I do, but does, do, do we between us know enough to, to satisfy the original questioner? Because what is on the key? What sort of thing is on the keys? Because words, there, there aren't that many recurring combinations of words. No, and apparently there's not all the letters or words on there. They just stay there, Adam. Stay there a second. Stay, Adam, yep. just stay there. Chris is in Forest Hill. Chris, what do you do for a living? Hello, is that James? Yes. Hello, good morning. I've just switched on, got in the car. I am a stenographer. Right, stay there, Chris. Adam, mate, that's it. Your ship has sailed. Sorry. No, that's the way it goes. No, mate, sorry. Seriously, Chris, over to you. How does it work? I've no idea what the question was. (laughs) Well, what is it? What is it? What is it? What what, what does the machine that you use do? How does it work? Okay. I I trained at a French university. I'm I'm a palantypist, which is the same as a stenographer. Yes. The word stenographer and palantypist, we do the same thing. One is the American machine, the other is the French machine. Uh, we take down, um, there's the feed, paper feed machine, yes. and there's also the electronic machine. You won't be surprised that the paper feed came first. Of course. Invented, invented by Mademoiselle Palanque, who was Palanque. French. <laughs> yeah, sure. Palanque, she invented it because she, she helped people who stuttered. And she worked as, as a, a medical person. She worked out that if you use both hands equally, then both sides of the brain will equally respond. So you're typing I mean, it a few. So what's on the keys, Chris? As it were, it's like playing a It's like playing a piano. Oh yeah. You are using. It's the only other um, thing that human beings do. That, nothing is on the keys. So what's your next? What's the question? Nothing is written on the keys. But you press them as you would press chords on a piano. In other words, it's not the QWERTY keyboard where you no. 
press one at a time in order to make the thing work or like an old-fashioned typewriter you had to press one at a time it's a chord and in fact sometimes you will get into the system of hearing someone who's speaking get into the rhythm of their voice and you're taking down what we're taking down is phonetics phonetics uh, phonetics is the system got you i'm going to give you a round of applause because we're short of time but also, I've been, I've been indulging my enthusiasm for, for, for non-Southeastern accents today, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you spent some time in Doncaster as a younger woman. I, grew, I, was, I was born in... I wasn't a younger woman. <laughs> Even younger woman. In, Even younger woman. Indeed, my mother was born in Doncaster, so well done. I was born in Manchester, grew up in Nottinghamshire. Man- I don't say it, but I went to a grammar school in... Roughly <laughs> wrong with that. So I'm going I'm to turn this into a feature on the programme. I'm going to speak to people and, and, uh, and identify their backgrounds. Well, if you're interested... If you're interested... Uh, OK, but if you're interested anymore in the stenography thing, what people... What listeners may be interested in, I know you're out of time... I am really late. The paper feed is coming back because of cyber hacking. Right, alert the newsroom. The paper feed is coming back because of cyber hacking. Chris told us first. Give her a round of applause. Great stuff. Picked up the Manchester then as well after she told me. Um, you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC.